Guys, I think the internet was wrong about this one. Hey, my name's Hilton Price, and I'm an OK Geek. I saw the Marvels. I liked it. I liked it a lot. And honestly, going in, I, I wasn't sure I was going to. I don't know. Maybe maybe the internet got to me. So many people online saying that they're not going to watch it, that it was going to be the worst Marvel movie ever, that it was going to bomb. And it might bomb. It might bomb the theater I was in. Maybe seven people. Clearly, that anti-marketing is working. It's a shame, too. It's a really great movie. I'm going to pull up the IMDb while we're talking, but I'll tell you uh, what I remember uh, while we're going here. Um, it's short. It is short, uh, as a Marvel movie goes especially, but only in a few scenes did I feel that worked against it. Um, overall, the pacing was kind of fun and kind of nice, kind of a bit of fresh air compared to some of the longer films that tend to drag a little in the third act. And this one, in my opinion, didn't drag in the third act. If it dragged anywhere, it was a little bit in the middle. Um and some of the editing choices uh, were a little peculiar. There's one very early on, uh, after the kind of initial setup of what the, a big part of the plot's going to be, where it kind of got everything kind of back to normal so that we could get a little bit more uh, exposition and learn a little bit more of our characters. And it was a bit abrupt, and I was, it took me a minute to go, wait, wait, what's happening here? How did everybody get where they are? And there's just a bit of a, they kind of just hope you follow along there. And, and I don't know that everybody will, so that's the kind of thing that could be a problem for certain people, especially if they go in negative and expecting bad decisions. That's one of the things that I think would work against this movie. And there's a couple others. Uh, there's a whole action set piece that our heroes just kind of leave behind at one part uh, and you never visit it again, so you don't really know what the resolution was. That could be a black mark against it too by critics. And I have seen that. I have seen some critics uh, speak like that about it. But uh, to me, those were relatively minor compared to some of the great things about it. The cast was fantastic. Uh, Teona Paris as Monica Rambeau was a standout. Amon Vellani as uh, Kamala Khan. Uh, quite possibly uh, the best part of the movie. Really terrific, terrific work. And Brie Larson really growing in her role as Captain Marvel. Uh, I really enjoyed the first Captain Marvel movie. A lot of people didn't, uh, but I really did. And um, I didn't find her to be quite as stiff or wooden as a lot of folks were complaining but in this one, she definitely had more range, definitely had more, more levity, more fun, more creativity, more silliness. And I liked it. I liked it. I was glad to see it. And I thought it showed development, which, you know, should happen over 30 years, which is about how much later this one is set than the last one. Uh, Samuel Jackson is Nick Fury. Fantastic. Um, uh, all the actors that play uh, Kamala's family are excellent. Uh, Mahan Kapoor, Sagar Shaikh, and uh, Leila Farzad uh, are excellent. Uh, I'm so sorry, uh, Zenobia Shroff is um, Kamala's mom, and, and they were excellent. The family was a lot of comic relief during the story, and they were great. They were great, just like they were in Miss Marvel. And I got to tell you, you didn't have to watch the original Captain Marvel or WandaVision or Miss Marvel or Secret Invasion to really know everything happening here. They do a good job of doing a quick one line or two lines to get you caught up, but you do have to pay attention. So if you get bored and your mind wanders during the exposition dumps and you didn't watch the previous material, then yeah, you, you, you will be lost. So, so that's kind of the, 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 the one-two punch or the, the double-sided coin, I should say, of what we're dealing with with Marvel movies now, which is you don't necessarily have to watch the, the previously on, but you do have to pay attention, pay close attention um, to just about every line so that you don't miss that one line of, you know, we've been trying to help the Skrulls find a home or, or whatever it was. And I don't know that that's verbatim in the movie or anything. Um, I, I, I could get into spoilers. I don't know that I need to. Um, 
you know, I talked about this on the other podcast over on Opinions Like A-Holes. I'd hope to have a spoiler review, but I don't, I don't know that I even need one. I mean, there's a few editing choices that I didn't love. Uh, the villain uh, suffers from kind of murky... Um, um, the, the motivation is clear, but kind of murky development. Like, you don't really... They hit the major points so that you can't say like you don't know why they're doing what they're doing, but it's just like it's very it's not it's very generic. It's not super exciting. But the kind of the impetus for it is there is some excitement there because it does add some depth to Captain Marvel's character. So I, I don't know. I'm torn. Uh, Nia DaCosta was the the director. Uh, I want to say I'm, I'm I'm pretty sure that was their name. I'm gonna double check that while I'm looking here. But uh, yeah, Nia DaCosta, uh, and, and she she did a lot of things really well. Like she did have very brief bits that kind of introduced us to what where these characters came from for those that weren't watching the Disney Plus series, uh, specifically for Monica and Kamala, of course. Um, Kamala with a very interesting kind of flashbacky sequence that that very added very strong Peter Parker vibes to it, which I really appreciated. And then Monica's was really just kind of more through exposition, but through character dialogue, which was interesting. It was a neat way of kind of doing it without showing it, which you don't want, but this was the best way of, uh, of saying it uh, that they could find. So Samuel Jackson, very silly uh, compared to his turn in Secret Invasion. I saw some people were a little turned off by that. I don't know, man. After the nightmare that was Secret Invasion, I'm just glad we get some, some, some Sam Jackson in something that I'm enjoying again. Because I liked Secret Invasion only because I could... I, I, you know, I'm so deep in the Marvel stuff that I, I, I see the... I can appreciate the ideas. But man, that show was a slog. It was just, it was just slow. It was a very slow burn, and it wasn't interesting enough to be a slow burn for the casual viewer. And dude, they ain't all me, so you gotta, you gotta keep them interested. I'm gonna be there. You don't gotta grab me. Uh, but I was still really impressed with this movie, The Marvels. Uh, really enjoyed it. Um, the fight scenes, man. I gotta tell you, this was the first time that I've been so into a fight scene in a Marvel movie in a while. Because they all feel so very samey to me. And this, because of a unique element of the plot, did not feel samey at all. Uh, in terms, this is probably some of my favorite fight scenes uh, of any movie uh, since the beginning of Phase 4. You know, with the possible exception of, um, you know, some of the size-changing stuff in Quantumania. But I'm not going to act like this is on any level as poor as Quantumania. Quantumania was quite possibly my least favorite Marvel viewing experience so far. And that's not a knock against any of the cast or people behind it. It's just... There was something very soulless about it. I don't know. And maybe that's just me. Maybe I got to go back and watch. I don't know. But the Marvels did not give me that. And they could have, you guys. This felt like a movie by committee when it was announced. The idea that the Captain Marvel sequel was kind of going to be tweaked and now have three leads and not just be about Brie or, or uh, Carol, uh, you know, it felt like they were trying to overcompensate for the backlash of the first film. And I just kind of figured this is going to turn into a studio project that I'm not going to like. But it wasn't. It had heart. It had soul. It had fun moments. It had cool fights. Even the special effects where we saw them, I didn't think were that bad. Definitely not any of that. Um, it's not green screen that they use anymore. It's that whole thing where it's like 360 degrees or whatever. But it was none of that. That 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 giant uh, projection CGI thing that they use now. It didn't feel like that. It didn't feel like we were constantly pretending in, in kind of a, a stuff that would be added in post. You know? I liked it. I don't know what to say. I feel like I have to explain it. The damn internet is, has made it so you feel like you have to justify it. I don't have to justify it. It was fun. It was action-packed. It had heart. It had interesting characters. Brie Larson's a good actress. You know, Tayona Paris is freaking terrific. Amon Vellani is awesome, especially given her age. Good God. And, and Vellani, too, man. You got to love the story behind that, where I guess she was a big fan of the character. 
Uh, and now she gets to play her. Now she gets to write her. She's writing that comic um, about Miss Marvel. So good for her, man. So happy to see that kid uh, or, you know, young adult or whatever, just doing well and getting to live a dream. Good, good, good for them. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. So go see the Marvels. It was a lot of fun. Go see it soon, you guys. Go throw a couple extra bucks in the in that box office total. Let's do what we can to try and bump that up. And oh, you know another thing too? This is the first Marvel movie, and I can't tell you how long that I'm considering seeing again in the theater. Like I liked it. It was fun. Larger than life, the Marvels was fun. I can't remember the last time I had this much fun in a Marvel movie. Um I enjoyed Wakanda Forever, but you know, obviously the emotional weight there was a lot and then there was some liberties taken during some of the fights that i just didn't feel like were really justified by who the characters were i mean frankly spoilers i think shuri should have died in that last battle not not because i don't like shuri but because the wound she sustained should have been fatal you know there was stuff like that that i just don't feel was really done right the Marvels rarely did that. There's a scene early on where someone's powers aren't working the way they need them to. And there's a real sense of like, oh my, how are they going to get out of this? I don't feel that often at Marvel. And it was great to feel it again. This was a movie that felt like it had stakes at points. And it, sh- it, did, it did not have stakes. But it felt like it at points. And you know what? I'll take it. I'll take it. Also, mid credit scene, must watch. Must watch. They are... They are they are full speed ahead to some of the Marvel stuff that a lot of us have been hoping to see or excited to see what they're going to do. Uh, they're heading that direction, you guys. Things are changing. Things are changing. Things are mutating, as it were. I think I'm going to drop it there. Let's talk about some other stuff. It's all comics, you guys. I um, uh, I started Gods, uh, uh, G-O-D-S, from Jonathan Hickman, and uh, is it Valentini Sheedy? What is his name? I'm going to look that up. Uh, it's good, you guys. Uh, Valerio Shiti um, is his name, the artist. Uh, it's a cool uh, new series. Really, uh, I got to say. So Jonathan Hickman is big ideas, and he is a smart man, and he is not going to let you forget it. Uh, he will use uh, philosophy. He will use uh, deep science. He will use science fiction. And he will use hard science fiction. Uh, to really lay the groundwork for where he wants his story to go. He's a big idea guy. And like a lot of big idea guys, you know, see also Grant Morrison, you know, it's easy to get lost in the weeds. And so far, I ain't there, which is a testament to how well this is doing. Because I'm, listen, man, I'm not a smart man. So you start getting too smart on me, you're going to lose me. And he's not losing me. He's using a lot of big ideas and he's helping me as someone who doesn't necessarily know these ideas or is familiar with them, understand them enough to still enjoy the story. He's introducing a lot of new characters and new places. We are creating a checklist of reasons for Hilton to jump off a book. I'm a creature comfort, you guys, and this is still scratching the itch. Um, And I don't know if it's because it does still tie into the larger Marvel U, and I am seeing some other familiar faces. Uh, The first issue uh, features a lot of Doctor Strange and Wong. This one has a little bit of Strange and some Clea as well. You know I love my girl Clea, but um, it is not as reliant on that. And in learning more about the characters on their own terms, I'm enjoying who I know. Uh, same with the first issue. Wynn, uh, we spent a lot of time with Wynn in the first issue. Really liked him. Uh, and uh, since then, uh, we have gotten to know some of the other members of the team. I swear I am not stalling, but Aiko Maki is another one who we have gotten to meet pretty well. Uh, as well as Q- Cubic- Cubisk Core. Uh, and then Mia the Magic Girl. 
and Dimitri the Science Boy as well. Uh, it's an interesting book. Uh, I'm only two issues. I think issue number two just came out last week. It's one of the few that I'm reading week to week uh, as it comes out, which is neat. Uh, and I'm enjoying it. So I got to say, if you're someone who may not normally be into new characters and big wild ideas, give this one a shot. Uh, Hickman is 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 really top of his game here, and I'm glad to see it. Um, and and Hickman, when he's doing great, is is one of the best comic book writers. Someone that truly elevates the medium beyond bang pal which i know i know is the dumbest thing to say as if that's still a a big thing but sometimes it is man you know there are you know there are books that are just fun popcorn this is a little higher minded than that and it's good to see i'm enjoying it and i think it's worth picking up and and the art by uh sheeti is is just fantastic it's really just rich rich deeply designed heavily detailed uh and i i i I don't know that i have who's doing the the colors um, but the colors are fantastic as well. I uh, don't see that. I'm sorry, you guys. Yeah, I'm not sure. You know, here's one more. Let me see if I can find it over here. Man, it's not maybe maybe Sheeti's doing the colors as well. I hope I'm saying that right. I'm trying not to say it the other way. But it's a good book. Uh, I've also really enjoyed... Uh, let's jump over to DC for a little bit. I've also really enjoyed... Uh, the Batman-Catwoman crossover, The Gotham War. And that is while saying that this this Batman is acting a little bit out of character for how I like him. We talked a little bit last uh, episode about comics that aren't for you and being ready to accept that and let the story move away. And I thought maybe this was going to do that. Uh, I don't know that it is. Um, even some of the bold choices that uh, Bruce has made uh, to other members of the Bat family and the isolation that it looks like he is going to be dealing with in the fallout from this... I'm still on board and, and curious to see where it goes and curious to see what Chip Zdarsky is trying to say uh, with these layers of Bruce. He's also really dev- delving into the Azur uh, and R mythology, uh, another one that Grant Morrison was big on, uh, mentioning our, our favorite Scottish uh, writer again. Uh, I don't know if he's our favorite Scottish writer. He's a Scottish writer. Um, but Zdarsky is, is having fun with Zur and R and really... Doing something that we haven't seen as much, at least I don't think so, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but we haven't seen someone explain Zurinar as such a bad thing before. Uh, and it really, this is really going into, it, it's always been a fail safe. It's always been kind of like a safety resort, a last, a last resort for Bruce when all the, when all the chips are down and, and, and he's got nothing else to do, Zurin, th- th- nothing else he can do. Zurinar seems to be what can get him out of the pickle. Here it seems to be putting him further in the pickle. Uh, in an attempt to try and meet some philosophical ideal with which it was created. Uh, bold stuff. And I'm excited to see where it goes. Um, you know, I'm a fan of Teeny Howard as well. I've enjoyed the Catwoman segments. I enjoy, I got to say, Catwoman is somewhat our hero here. You know, she's really trying to find a way forward. She is the pragmatist here, where Bruce is the idealist. And it's interesting to see Bruce kind of the villain in this story. Until, as we get into our penultimate episode uh, issue, uh, we see some real villains uh, stepping up. And I, I, I got to say, I was a little surprised and then kind of been like, oh, yeah, that, that's, that's how these roll. Where as we get into uh, the final chapter, we start to see some of our more typical villains uh, step into the crossover. But isn't that often the way? Uh, when a crossover is putting our heroes in a unique challenge that the vacuum left behind uh, while they are distracted 
distracted is often filled by villains looking to take advantage. So there's something very classic about this. So when we get a good reveal in the penultimate issue, and I, I've delved way into spoilers here, so if I didn't warn you, I don't know, sorry. Um, but as we get into the end of that penultimate issue, we see some of Gotham's worst uh, preparing to do what they do best. I, um, I had a bit of a, oh yeah, okay, cool. In the end, this is still a story about right versus wrong, crime versus safety, the bat versus everyone. And um, I am excited to see where it goes. And, and I'm still on board for Zdarsky, man. Zdarsky is one of those writers who I'm learning from me personally. Doesn't always go where I expect. Doesn't always go where I want. But I want to see where he goes next. So that's cool. I don't have a lot to say beyond that. Uh, over on the gaming side, I'm still enjoying Mario Wonder. Not playing too much more, though. I had to delve back into the embattled kingdom of Hyrule. Uh, I've been um, primarily a Zelda Tears of the Kingdom player now for about five months. I think I'm probably about 60% of the way through the game, um, although probably much closer on the main quests. Uh, but I've got a lot of side quest work to do and a lot of exploration. The depths, I'm looking at you. But... I'm going to try and get some done. I got a hunch I'm not wrapping that game up until uh, January, February at the latest, maybe even deep into the spring. So that's going to be my primary for a while. Um, although I have um, got a few other games on the docket. As I wrap up Zelda, I'm thinking I'm going to move to some shorter uh, play experiences. I want to focus on platformers, um, uh, fighting games, and some 2D experiences for a little bit. So, uh, But then when it comes time to get back into the open worlds... Kirby in the Forgotten Land, you are in my sights, you adorable little pink puffball. And I hope all of you are in my sights. That was weird. Uh, OK Geek is going semi-weekly going forward. We're going to probably do this about every two weeks or so. Uh, we may fall behind. We have done that before. Uh, and we may uh, we may go do a weekly every now and again uh, as the fever hits us. Um, looking ahead, uh, I am still uh, really enjoying Kelly Thompson's The Call over at image i want to say i've got issue four sitting on my uh my reading pile ready for me um i'm still working my way through uh, sandman volume one yes i know uh but I'll, I'll get there and i'm thinking about cracking open brian k vaughn's runaways again uh the original uh i just enjoyed that so much um uh, when i was younger and I, I enjoyed the TV show as well. And uh, sure enough, you know, I read the new Jeff book. It's Jeff, the Jeff verse, uh, which is by um, uh, Kelly Thompson and Guri Huri, I think is the name of the colorist or the artist. And it's about Jeff the Land Shark, who I thought was owned by Kate Bishop, but is apparently owned by Gwenpool in this issue. And we get to meet uh, some of Jeff's friends, including a fun little animal menagerie, which I was super excited to recognize or know of just about everybody in the picture. And it featured our favorite uh, uh, dastardly dino, Old Lace, from The Runaways. So it got me thinking about, about maybe it's time to jump back into some Runaways. If you got a young reader um, in your life, check out It's Jeff. It was super cute, super fun. I passed it on to my uh, my goddaughter. Uh, she is a, a young comic fan. She was Gwenpool, uh, excuse me, uh, uh, Spider-Gwen for Halloween. So I, I thought this might be up her, up her uh, alley. So anyway, you guys are great for being listeners. I appreciate you. If you have any questions, come find me on Facebook. My name is Hilton Price, and I am an OK Geek. We'll see you next time.